0: And they're undercutting the price and who's getting, you know, Mm -hmm. lost in that supply chain, who's losing. Because when you pay, you know, a dollar for a thing of dish soap, someone is losing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whether that's, you know, the labor or, you know, the planet, someone is losing in that
1: transaction. That's Kelly Murphy. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, people who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and who are changing the world are often people you've never heard of until now. Here's the truth. Our current habits are destroying our planet and the environment. We need everyone to take whatever changes you can to live your best life with less footprint. Today's guest, Kelly Murphy, is an accidental entrepreneur, environmentalist, and founder of Refillery LA. She's making it easier for you and I to make better choices with her zero waste business that allows you to refill your own containers, the cleaning products, shampoos, and more. And by making that choice, you get to cut plastic and trash out of your life. I hope you enjoy our conversation about how she started her business, why it matters, how you can take simple actions, be part of the change and why we really truly need each one of us to raise our hands and take an action. very excited to talk to you today i love it when other podcast guests brag about and recommend other women who are in their same space and industry and kicking ass and mo recommended you um so yeah just thank you for being here and i'm excited to talk to you today well thanks so much
0: for having me i love mo and i can't say enough good things about her either so i feel like i'm in great
1: company you are. Um, let's jump in right away and tell everybody your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. My name is Kelly. I am in Los Angeles, and I'm the founder of Refillery LA.
0: We are a mobile refill station working to reduce single-use plastic pollution by refilling all of your household and personal care items.
1: Now, I'm very happy that you exist and that you're doing that. Um, Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm obsessed with following, you know, zero waste accounts on social media and watching all the documentaries and blogs and all the things I can consume about it. I have all of my refillable containers (laughs) on my side with all the beverages you need to record in a a podcast. (laughs) Um wine in one and coffee in the other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, how did you get started in this space? And is this something that's always been a passion of yours?
0: Um, I wouldn't say it's something that I was always passionate about or even aware of. Um, I grew up and kind of I guess I didn't realize it, but in an environmental like home where my parents were like really conscious about what we consumed and Uh, composting at home and kind of low waste living, but it wasn't something I was (coughs) cognizant of. Um, A few years ago, probably 2018, I had quit my corporate job and I was traveling um, with my partner at the time and we were just seeing all of this waste and some of the most beautiful and remote places in the world. And it was really jarring and kind of really hit home that I was contributing to like the detriment of this natural beauty. And when I returned from that trip, I like really took a hard look at what I was doing with my life. And I wanted to reduce my personal impact. Um, at that point, I was not sure what to do. And I saw these zero-waste refill type stores along my travels. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to go home and I'm going to do that. Like That's so easy. And when I got home, there was nothing like that. And I was just kind of waiting for one to pop up because I figured, oh, it's like everyone wants to do this, obviously. Um, sure, surely in Los Angeles, there's got to be one around the corner. Um, it didn't happen, and you know, my partner at the time was like, "Well, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just do it? Start your own." And I never wanted to be a business owner. I never thought about being an entrepreneur. I was so against it, and he really convinced me to like take that leap. Um, but almost doing it as like a controlled experiment. And that's how we started. And, and in a mobile fashion, because it's less risky. You know, I'm a risk first person. And I was really nervous about starting a business. Like I said, I didn't really want to. So um, the mobile business was born. And from there, it actually ended up being beneficial for us to be able to service more communities and to be in places where, you know, there were no opportunities to refill or to buy zero waste.
1: And, you know, you were literally driving to people's homes and still do, right? To refill yeah. <laughs> their containers. Um, yeah. How, how did you get your first customer and then how did you get your next 10?
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I didn't know what to do. So I just took my van and I parked outside of the farmer's market, which like you're really not supposed to do, <laughs> but I did it anyway. And I just stood there and my whole goal on my first day was to have one sale. And I think I got three sales of just people walking by and they're like, I don't even know what this is. I have no idea what you're doing, but like, I support this like question mark. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think I support this. I'm like, yeah, great. So I made three sales my first day. Um, and then I think my next Sunday out, um, now one of my very good friends, she was riding by on her bike. She's like a zero waste queen. And she literally came to a screeching halt in front of my van. And she was like, what is this? And so she comes over, I start telling her about it. And she's like, I am so happy you exist. Like, here's my phone number. Like, let's be friends. And now years later, we're really great friends. But she was so instrumental in like, putting me in touch with other amazing zero waste people and uh, corporations and businesses to help kind of get me off off the ground. Um, and I can't thank her enough. Tamar, thank you. <laughs> um, another powerful lady out there. Um, so it was really just a lot of showing up places and just explaining. I think the biggest hurdle for me was education because mm-hmm. this
1: was such a new concept and people weren't sure what we were doing. Yeah. And are you still feeling that you have to educate people before they can become a customer or are more people showing up getting it?
0: I think more people are showing up and getting it. I think over the past two years, like refilling and zero waste has become such a mainstream conversation that it's a lot less of a heavy lift on my end as far as education goes. I still think there is kind of a big gap in who we're seeing as our customers. You have to really want to make that commitment to go out of your way and refill. Um, it's you know, not just your everyday average person walking into the grocery store and be like, oh, I'm going to make this decision instead today. It's still an extra step, which I would love to see, you know, in the future of zero waste, you can just walk into your local big box grocery store and make that decision. But unfortunately,
1: we're not there yet. Yeah, you can for seeds or nuts and a few other things, but not liquids. And even yeah. that is still so limited to only certain grocery stores and mm-hmm. certain areas. So. Yeah. So when you um, show up at someone's house, what types of things can you refill for them? We cover most of your bases.
0: So we have, you know, laundry detergent, dish soap, shampoo, conditioner, hand soap, body wash, um, we have a few things that are a little more out there like mouthwash tablets, tab- or toothpaste tablets. Um, we have actual paste toothpaste. We have deodorant cream. Um, we try to get most of your, your everyday essentials and I think another part of that education is realizing you don't need so many products. I think we're conditioned by marketing to think that we need 100 different products in our home. You need something different for your bathroom countertop than your kitchen countertop and your tub and your toilet and your sink. And you really don't, (laughs) you
1: know, even if you don't have the opportunity to to refill, like go get some baking soda and vinegar and it's going to clean like 90% of your house. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been doing for a long time. I've been doing my own countertop sprays with vinegar, essential oil, water. Yeah.
0: I love to like infuse vinegar with like, um, like orange peel or lemon or like rosemary and just use that around the house kind of takes the edge off of that strong vinegar smell.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So what are the misconceptions you think people have about being zero waste and about being able to be a refiller? I think the biggest, scariest leap for most
0: people going to zero waste is it has to be zero. And they yeah. see kind of the things on the internet where people are saving their trash in a jar and it looks really daunting. And <laughs> it is, it's overwhelming. Like I don't put my trash in a jar. <laughs> like, that's, it's too much, it's too far. And I think letting people know that you don't have to go all the way. Like you can take little steps and that is still going to count. That's going to make a difference. You are doing what you can do. Not everyone has, you know, all the time and resources to make these changes. Um, But if you do have time and resources and you can make one change, great. That's more than most people are doing. So go ahead and do that. But you don't have to be everything. And as far as refilling goes, I think, you know, most people are nervous because they're so committed to a certain brand. Um, And I think that's another disservice that, you know, marketing and huge corporations have done to us is you you need Tide. You have to have Pantene Pro-B. Well, what's really in those products and do we care about the brand name or do we really care about what we're putting on and in our bodies, which is, to me, far more important what chemicals are, are going near me. Um, so I think when people can get past kind of that brand name, um, you know, obsession, that it's a little easier and just to think about being clean and healthy and natural for you and your family.
1: How far reaching is your business now?
0: We are still in West LA, Um, Los Angeles is a really big area, um, and since we are mobile and I don't want to drive all over creation, um, we do pretty much stick to the west side of Los Angeles. Um, We are announcing that we are opening a pop-up brick and mortar store in March of 2022 um, in Culver City, so stay tuned, Um, but we'll still, of course, have our mobile um, van as well. We do go as far as the east side. I know if you're not from Los Angeles, you're like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? <laughs> well, if I have to cross the 405, it is crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, so we do go to like the Hollywood Farmers Markets and a few other places out east, but we are mostly um, here on the
1: west side. Perfect. How did COVID and the pandemic impact your business?
0: Yeah, it was actually uh, very impactful for us. We were doing a lot of our business at events and farmers markets and at other businesses pre-COVID. And when all of that shut down, we really had to pivot and move mostly to the house call model where we're doing deliveries. Um, I've seen over the past six months or so, things are slowly starting to come back for events and farmers markets. Like We just went back to the Hollywood farmers market after two full years which wow. was wild. Um, mm-hmm. So it is great to start seeing people in real life again and you know, at these events and going out and just super excited to, to get back to that. Um, I love having like that community around when we do events and do markets. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot more exciting than leaving your bottles and your stuff and I don't get to see you and interact with you and kind of have that almost consultation about what you're getting, what you need and how we can help you.
1: It changes everything in business, right? When, when you can talk to and even just see your customer.
0: Yeah. That human contact is is so important for us.
1: You mentioned a little bit your kind of zero waste journey and and seeing the impact um, when you were traveling. How, besides starting this business against your will, how, <laughs> do you, how have you changed parts of your life personally? And, and how do you keep exploring where there are other options to become more zero waste?
0: I I feel like I changed a lot of my life. Um, I went, you know, plant-based. I used to eat meat. I reduced like my personal waste. I try to drive less, bike more. I like really keep, you know, tabs on, you know, what my footprint is. Like, oh, okay, I want to go on this vacation, but I don't really feel like flying. Maybe I can just do like one big trip like every couple of years. And it's hard because you don't want to give up you know your whole life and sacrifice everything and that kind of goes back to like you know what can you do and what is your impact and like what changes can you make um it's definitely not easy i feel really fortunate that i have the time and resources to make a lot of these changes like cooking at home and like making one big trip to the bulk food store and you know being able to take my own bags and not everyone has that time or has those resources available to them so i feel really fortunate that i have that um and I just keep looking and reading and watching documentaries and learning from my friends about what's going on. And again, I feel so lucky to have people in my life like Mel and you know my friend Tamer that I met through the Zero Waste community to keep me on track and to keep me up to date and you know what's going on in the community and how I can be a part of it and make a bigger impact. Um, we really try to educate the community through our business. So we are a business that we love doing workshops um, when we can. We have one coming up this Saturday, um, where we talk about zero waste and how you can make you know sustainable changes in your life that are like small things. Just if you want to get started, and I think that's really what I was missing a lot during COVID was having you know that piece of the business. To me, is the most fulfilling, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I can make the biggest impact. You know, other than refilling soap, is just being able to <laughs> spread the word about know why this is important and how zero waste doesn't, you know, just affect, you know, the trash that you see on the ground, but plastic is coming from oil. It's having an impact for the entire supply chain, the chemicals that are in these products that are impacting you and your health. And I think that's such a larger conversation that we miss when we're just talking about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch or like seeing trash
1: on the ground. Well, there's so many Levels of politics. Once you start getting into things that are made from and with oil, which exactly. a whole other level. That you know, when you're buying dish soap in a plastic container at Ralph's, you're not thinking about OPEC, <laughs> right? But how they
0: lobbied, you know, to to have these oil rates to make that plastic bottle to sell to you, and they're undercutting the price. And who's getting, you know, lost in that supply chain? Who's losing? Because when you pay, you know, a dollar for a thing of dish soap, someone is losing, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, the
1: labor or, you know, the planet, someone is losing in that transaction. Yeah. And there's, you know, I did a beach cleanup in December in um, San Juan Capistrano. And mm-hmm. I was like, walking around, I'm like, oh, this beach is really clean. Like maybe there's tons of volunteers. Maybe this won't take that long until we got into a patch of styrofoam and yeah. it was equivalent to picking up glitter with tweezers. Oh my gosh. It was so frustrating. I literally sat on the sand for hours in one place, just picking styrofoam out of the sand. And it didn't look like it was styrofoam if you just were mm-hmm. walking by quickly because it looked like white rocks or stone. When you got close, you realized it was all white and green styrofoam. And it was so frustrating to clean it up because I'm not patient. And this was like the most patient <laughs> process and just knowing that we could never get every piece. Right. And ever since then, I'm so aware of when I'm getting food to go, I'm like, is it styrofoam? Because I do not want to clean this off of a beach again. And mm-hmm. I don't want anyone else to have to. And there's so many alternative choices um i would just love to make it a rule that you cannot use styrofoam at all
0: yeah i mean styrofoam is not recyclable it breaks up in a million little little pieces and i know on the beach cleanups i've done i've seen the same thing but microplastics and with plastic you know we say it never breaks down it only breaks up and you look at the sand and it looks clean and pristine and you dig down and you see little specks of blue and green and red and Those are all microplastics and we can't just rely on beach cleanups Mm -hmm. to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. We're never going to be able to clean up all the plastic that's out there. We have to turn off the tap. We have Mm -hmm. to stop using plastic. We have to start using reusables. And I think there's a lot of great legislation, especially in Southern California, um, which is one of the reasons I love living here is I feel like they really are one of the areas that take things and, put them out there and then other cities can kind of learn from it. And I know in the the city of Santa Monica, all takeout containers have to be marine biodegradable, which is fantastic. So they break down in in the oceans if they end up there, unfortunately. Um, And I think there was a new legislation, you can check me on this, um, but in Culver City that I think by 2023 or whatever year it is, that all um, restaurants have to provide um reusables like if you're dining in. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can't have a plastic or styrofoam plate, which I think is amazing. Um recently the cutout cutlery campaign where you're doing takeout, you have to ask for it. You can't just be provided for it. And all these little things don't seem like a lot, but they add up and it provides Mm -hmm. a blueprint for other cities to hopefully move forward and make changes as well.
1: Well and and so often, especially with how many restaurants were so impacted by COVID and the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I can understand when they're like, please don't make our costs go up. And it's like, yeah, but right. so often these choices actually make you save money. Because exactly. if you don't need to provide me cutlery or a bag, you don't need to buy it. Yeah.
0: And I think we need to think about how to also incentivize customers. Like I love when I take my reusable coffee mug to a coffee place and I get a 50 cent discount. Like, yes, <laughs> like, I just get a 50 cent discount and I'm doing something good for the environment. Like, how else can we incentivize consumers to like want to make the right decision instead of forcing them into decisions like the carrot or the stick, right? Like mm-hmm. we can, can we do that with businesses and with consumers and then incentivize them to make the right choice?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, you know, is being zero waste has so many impacts, as you mentioned, right? There's, there's costs, there's environmental, there's oil, there's the ocean, There's, it it just keeps going on. I was watching Mm -hmm. um, a documentary on PBS about uh, Greta Thunberg and just the level of deforestation in the Amazon that's happening right now for growing soy to feed animals in factory Mm -hmm. farms. And you're like, why, why are we doing this? We're just (laughs) doubling down and making things worse. And there's moments when I feel like I want to scream and be like, like, What's going on? Like, how are people not seeing, how is no one having a meltdown? I feel like I'm having a personal one and no (laughs) one else is. Do you feel that way yourself? Like, how do you manage that? Like, there's so much emotion behind being environmentally conscious and zero waste. Like, how do you manage that and maintain hope? A yeah, climate anxiety is real. I think it's real
0: for kind of everyone who has like seen the unseen. Like when you look behind the curtain, you just have this moment of terror and panic. And then it's like a snowball effect. You like see one thing and it starts rolling and rolling and more and more. And then you just kind of explode. Um, and I do get into those black holes where I'm like, there's no hope. I should just give up now. <laughs> like We're all doomed. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> We we can do this. Um, Get yourself together, Kelly. (laughs) But I think it's just thinking about what am I doing. I can only do so much myself, and I can only control myself and my actions and whatever I can do in my life to make a difference. I'm going to do that because I can't control you. I can't control me. And at an individual level, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can and be able to sleep at night because I've made that decision, and I know that. We need <laughs> much bigger actions than individual actions to really make a difference. But I also need to be able to sleep tonight again yes. in the morning and be a functional member of society. And I'm still going to go and I'm going to go to all of the climate action meetings and I'm going to protest. I'm going to write my legislators and i right brands write and then take all those steps. And hopefully when all of our collective voices come together, we'll be able to make larger action.
1: hmm for people who want to dive more into this topic, what are books or documentaries or even Instagram accounts that you recommend people check out and read and follow?
0: Yeah, for Zero Waste specifically, um, the first book that I read like when I got back from that trip and seeing all the trash was Garbology: or Dirty Love Affair with Trash. And that was really eye-opening. Um, it's a little depressing. <laughs> I think most of these will be so you know <laughs> just be alert that you're <laughs> a little um, depressing if you want to take learn how to take more steps to be a uh, zero waste uh, zero waste home uh, by baya johnson is a great you know resource to see all the different ways that you can live zero waste um documentaries i love a plastic ocean um the story of plastic and one that isn't exactly zero waste related but related to the chemicals that come from a lot of the products that we use in our life, um, is overload America's toxic love story. Um, and that was really impactful for me to see how many toxic chemicals we're exposed to in our daily
1: lives. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's also one, um, I believe it's called like stinks, which is on Amazon know. prime. And it's a, sto- a documentary following a dad who there. um, His wife died of cancer. He was left widowed with two daughters. They got a pair of pajamas for Christmas that just had a crazy smell to them. Mm -hmm. And knowing how his wife went on a chemical-free kind of lifestyle because of her cancer before she passed, he kept trying to figure out what chemicals were in his daughter's clothes and no one would tell him. Yeah, And so it's this whole thing of like, what especially women are exposed to and how it impacts our mm-hmm. endocrine system and right. all sorts of other things it's um it's frustrating i think today that there are so many political social environmental things that we all have to be our own advocates for and i really want to come back to there being experts even if it's someone like yourself that i can call and be like kelly please tell <laughs> me the truth <laughs> Because I think there's Thank just like, we can't be an expert in everything ourselves. Right. We have to have trusted resources. And right now it feels like all the trusted resources are like, I don't know. I don't know if they're real or not <laughs> No, I, I totally understand.
0: And Overload America's Toxic Love Story is a very similar story to that. Um, this woman's on a journey to find out like what's in her system. She's having trouble getting pregnant and she goes to such great lengths to find out and it should not be that difficult. Um, But to that end, you know, with the products that we use, they don't always have to disclose like Mm -hmm. what is in it. Like you can just write fragrance on a bottle and that can be like X number of chemicals. Like you don't know
1: what that is. And I think that is so terrifying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And fragrance in particular is protected because of patents. From mm-hmm. the perf- perfume industry that they didn't want to share what their blends were but I think it's gone way beyond protecting right. a you know perf- perfumery's recipe because now everyone's using it to say like yeah. oh, oh I'm just fragrance. gonna say it's because
0: fragrance because- yeah whatever mm-hmm. it's
1: fragrance yeah
0: um check <laughs> i not sure I want that on me or in me <laughs> you mm-hmm.
1: know
0: you know, our skin is our biggest organ. Whatever we're putting on our bodies is getting absorbed. I don't want that in my body. <laughs> I should mm-hmm. have a choice.
1: <laughs> or just, just yeah, just know, um, just transparency. Like transparency right. alone would be a huge, great step.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm on board.
1: <laughs> well, in this, in your journey, you've mentioned so many women who have been influential in your business and how you've, repositioned your life for zero waste um how have women throughout your whole life guided you on your path supported you like how have they been influential to you i think really like the
0: unconditional like love and support no matter what i'm doing has just been amazing especially from some of my long-term friends who are like Okay, you're gonna do this crazy thing now. You're gonna quit your corporate job. You're gonna be a Pilates instructor. You're gonna start this van, like, whatever. (laughs) I got you. I'm gonna be your body for your Pilates training. I don't know what you're doing to me. I'm gonna come buy soap from this weird van. I don't know what you're doing, but like, I got you. I'm there. I'm gonna post on social media and tell all my friends. And it's just so, it feels so loving um, just to have these people around me. my friends and family. And, you know, I don't think I could do it without them because I call them all the time when I'm having a breakdown <laughs> and they're deal with me telling them all about, don't use that bottle and <laughs> don't use that product. And, you know, and they get so excited when they're like, I thought about you at the store and I took my own produce bag and I just uh, felt so good. And that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, just to know that they're there for me, no matter
1: what, crazy thing and proposing <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> well it, it matters so much right because you mentioned you know being an entrepreneur just that if just starting a business is its own crazy lonely roller coaster let alone sure. transforming your life and trying to transform the lifestyles of other people it's
0: Yeah. To, whole other to every girlfriend who like Sat and had a vegan meal with me, even though they
1: eat meat. Like, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, when you hear the words powerful and ladies separately, what do they mean? And does the definition for you change when they're put together?
0: Mm, um, when I hear the word powerful, I kind of think of nature, like a powerful force of nature like water or the ocean um or like moving moving words like things that are like powerful emotionally um when i think of lady i kind of think of someone who's like proper and you know very put together um and when i put them together i mean i don't have to be proper <laughs> <laughs> I think when you put them together, you you find a force of nature. I think a powerful lady is a force of nature.
1: <laughs> How much do you believe that it's going to take women to change these big topics that we have to tackle in our modern society?
0: You know... I think if we want something done right, we're going to have to do it ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have to take the reins. And I think it's so inspiring to see so many women out there taking control and really leading this movement of zero waste and environmentalism. And I, I'm so
1: empowered by all of their stories and I just can't wait to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And there's that um, so many... You know, women are the change makers in their house, right? and when mm-hmm. their families. And it so amazes me that so often uh, a woman's perspective or opinion is still minimized by corporations and by politicians when anyone who says like the way of the house goes, it's the way of the mother right. She's and it's the one making the purchasing decisions, <laughs> yeah, purchasing decisions, laying down the laws, mm-hmm. like. Um, teaching the next generations and this is not to discredit at all the impact that men make in in families it's just based on how things have been and Mm -hmm. you know if women are the center of the home uh, and it, it whether it is you know organizing for domestic workers or the farm workers and so often it has been other women who have been like, okay, we're gonna strap the kid on the back, we're gonna do this, like fill the wagon. <laughs> we're gonna, and we're gonna going. do it all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we do it all. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's inspiring to me to see that, you know, underneath it all, whether we saw it or not publicly, women have always been the ones being the change agents um in how things really got made. And what I think is really interesting about that when we look at what's been happening in Afghanistan recently. And seeing how quickly the military crumbled in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. but yet so many of the, you know, schools for girls are still opening and still functioning. And it's like, "Mm," like what? Okay. So all the girls are (laughs) going to keep going to school, but the, but they don't want to keep fighting. And I keep thinking about that. Like, what is that difference in determination or grit that was missing?
0: And one of my friends said something to me the other day, and they were like, you know, women, we are always the ones to keep going and to keep trying and to keep persevering because we're always told no. Like, And men, men aren't told no. And so when they hear that, they're like, oh, oh, like what? Like, what do I do now? But we're always told no, we're always told we can't do it. And it just makes Mm -hmm. us want to do it even more. And so I love that about women. Like, we are so strong, such a force of nature, so powerful, so willing to persevere. And I think all those years and decades and centuries of being told no, or that we're less, or we don't have a place at the table has made us want to fight even more, even if it's underground, even if we
1: don't get the credit for it. It
0: doesn't matter. We're still going to be the change makers.
1: And speaking of that, and that, that community, are you connected to other refilling um organizations and businesses in the u.s Um, it's a a pretty small community (laughs) um so i know kind of the owners of
0: the local (laughs) refill stores here in southern california um which is nice and i actually get a lot of requests from other people around the country looking to start their own mobile refill business because it is Mm -hmm. such a you know a lower risk investment to do something mobile. And I, you know, find that so inspiring. And most of the people that reach out are women, which I love (laughs) and do it girl. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I'll have to connect you to a friend of mine who has a zero waste store in uh, Vancouver, in uh, Vancouver Island. So, um, yeah, it's uh, two women own the, own the company.
0: And they've been doing the name
1: of the store. Let's give it a shout out. (laughs) It's the den Euclid. I love that. Yeah. And they have all sorts of, you know, local, (laughs) locally made and created things there too. Um, But it's, it's, it is again, it's women. It's women who are owning these to like make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I just finished the book. If you haven't read it, it's so good. Um, Good morning, beautiful business by Judy Wicks. Um, She was the founder of the white dog cafe in Philadelphia. And she's one of the the founding people in the U.S. for the the local and sustainable economy movement. Um, One of the first people to get like fair trade coffee beans coming in. And um, one of the first restaurants in the world to offer um, in the U.S. to offer vegan and vegetarian options and switch Mm -hmm. to ethically raised um, everything. So just really inspiring to see how you can bring uh taking care of people and community and keep layering on more things that matter to you
0: and you can still run a successful business
1: yeah you don't have to exploit any part of the the chain to
0: run a successful business
1: no in fact she probably you know made more money through her businesses because of it yeah uh, I think there's a, such a misconception that doing the right thing is going to cost us something. Mm-hmm. time, resources, money. And so often it's not. Um, and I also think that there's so many people who are art who it used to be the American way to be um, to conserve our resources. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine tells a story when he was working in a lumber yard that uh, the owner would bring his lunch every day in a paper bag. After he was done, he would fold the paper bag up and put it back in his pocket. And he'd use that bag until it disintegrated. Now, <laughs> could he have used a reusable forever bag? Sure. But he kept using it because mm-hmm. it wasn't so much that he was an eco-warrior, but he's like, no, I. why would I waste the bag? <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> why would I waste it? <laughs> um, and I think it'd be a really interesting experiment to even I'm sure someone's doing this as like an art example or just to, to show, but I'd love to see like a family of four, not be able to throw anything away Mm -hmm. for even a year. Like if you buy it, it has to stay in your house. I'll let you take compost out. (laughs) Right. But if everything else has to stay, It it, I think I think people need to see the impact to that level to really understand how much stuff there is. Um, I think I have
0: a statistic here that the average person generates over four pounds of trash every day. Four pounds. And I know that's hard to visualize, but you know, get out your scale and put something on it until it weighs four pounds. And that's every day times 365 days <laughs> yeah
1: and and most trash is really light right. so to to get a trash bag to weigh four pounds like how much do you have to put in it so you just don't think about I
0: mean I think we probably think about it more but I think the average person just doesn't even consider all the things they throw away in a day so you wake up you use a cotton ball or a Q-tip or mm-hmm. dental floss, and then you have a coffee mug, and then you have your takeout containers from lunch, and it just all starts to add up. And you don't, by the end of the day, you can't even consider how much you've thrown away. Yeah.
1: There's a post that I have on my desk, and I rotate them, but right now it says, um, live your life undistracted. And I think so much of the waste conversation is just that like, we're so distracted by whatever we've decided we'll let consume us in the moment. And often it's things that we don't care about at all um, where we don't see how we're spending our money or our time and what these daily habits are and how they're creating a life that becomes ours. And we don't, not enough people, I think, stop and pause and be like, hold on, why do I live here? Why am I doing this? Why is this my mm-hmm. routine? Like we just make so many choices on autopilot, which is great because it allows us to use our brain space for something else. But we have to have that check-in ability to be like, mm-hmm. hold on, I think I've over-automated how <laughs> my life Maybe is like, being lived.
0: Have a little more intention. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we're freeing up our brain space for is like, what, watching TikTok videos? Like, you know? <laughs> Is that what we really need—that time and space and energy for? And you know, that's one thing that I loved about growing up in my home was every day we sat at the dinner table and had dinner together. And of course, that was pre-cell phone, so it's easy. Um, but that's one thing like I carried over to my life now is every meal I eat undistracted, without like any phone or TV, especially when I'm with friends and family, and just to have that time, that hour where I can think about where my food came from, and you know intentionally enjoying it and you know being thankful for the farmers and whoever brought this to my plate and even just taking an hour 30 minutes a day to just sit and think without distraction um and just be present I think is so powerful
1: it it changes everything yeah it's it's the meditation doesn't have to be just sitting on a mat right which I do that yeah. too, which is great. But yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> also <coming> recommend. Back, <laughs> yes, also a great idea. Um, coming back to your business, how is the business doing? Um, what surprised you about it? And now that you are an entrepreneur, how do you see the world differently than before you were an entrepreneur? Gosh,
0: I have so much more respect for people who start their own businesses. <laughs> I was like joking with my friend the other day. I'll start your own business, they say. It'll be great. You'll love it. Be your boss. It's the American dream. I'm like, whose dream? <laughs> this is crazy. Whoever is an entrepreneur is a little bit crazy. <laughs> it is so much work. It consumes your whole life. I mean, obviously, I've been doing it for three years. So I kind of like it or I'm kind of crazy one or the other. <laughs> but I... I have found it so fulfilling. I think I mentioned I used to work a corporate job and I would come home like a drone and I like did not care about what I did. I didn't feel fulfilled. I just was like on autopilot. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to this place, sit at a desk, type on this computer. Come home, hate my life, and get up and do it the next day. Mm-hmm. And I love kind of the diversity of my day. Every day is different. I'm always meeting new people, all new opportunities to grow and learn and inspire and be inspired. Um, and it's just so fulfilling. I'm just, although I really don't want to do it, and it is so <laughs> much hard work, and it consumes my whole life. I'm I'm so happy I'm here, and that you know I have this opportunity, and. You know, it's been tough with COVID. Mm-hmm. Definitely took a toll on me personally, physically, emotionally, and on the business. Um, but now that we're slowly, hopefully, knock on wood, coming out of it and things are opening back up again, um, I can already see things starting to to pick back up and starting to have more opportunities to be in our community and looking forward to opening our first brick and mortar here next month, um, which is why I have some bags under my eyes right now. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) Uh, Really, I'm doing it for (laughs) y'all.
1: You know, we ask everybody on the podcast where they put themselves in the Powerful Lady scale. If zero is everyday human and 10 is most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on that scale today and on average?
0: Today, I feel like negative.
1: <laughs> is that an option? <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it is. There's no uh, rules with these answers. So I just feel like,
0: you know, this couple weeks has been really tough. It's been a lot, um, you know, opening your own mobile refill business is one thing and then running that business while opening a store. is another thing. And I feel pretty defeated at the moment. Um, but I'd say on average, I feel you know, like a four or five. I don't feel like I'm, you know, any greater or better or more powerful than anyone else. I'm out there, I'm working hard, I'm doing the best that I can and I think that's what we can say about most women and um, I think that's another trait of being a woman is, you know, you're humble and, you know, you're doing your best but you don't have to uh, go out there and (laughs) and say you're the, you are number one. (laughs) Mm. So.
1: For everybody who wants to follow you, support you, you know, become a client, a, a customer of yours, where can they find you, follow you, and how can they support you? Our website is refilleryla.com.
0: Our Instagram handle is refilleryla. Um, you can find us outside of the Marvista Farmers Market the first three Sundays of the month. Um, there's a big schedule on our website, so go ahead and head there, refilleryla.com. And look for our opening March 2022 in Culver City.
1: And you're doing a workshop this Saturday. Um, I'll put if you want to share anything, I'd love to share it with on our Instagram sooner because this podcast will come out later. But um, how often do you do workshops and are those also on your website? Workshops will be on our website. They're kind of sporadic. We usually partner with local organizations to do those. Um, but
0: if you would like to have us at your organization or your business, feel free to reach out at hello at RefilleryLA.com.
1: Perfect. Well, I am so thankful that you are out there doing this and offering this to, you know, West WestLA. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited that you were brave enough to start this business and that you're mm-hmm. making an impact. Are you counting how many pieces of plastic you're keeping from people's homes? I started to when I started this business and it just,
0: I lost track. It was just too overwhelming. So I don't know a
1: lot <laughs> and hoping for more every day. That's all I can say. Perfect. Well, it has been such a pleasure to meet you and talk to you today. I can't wait to see what you're up to next and to collaborate on you know, some guest speaking opportunities or workshop with powerful ladies, but just really thank you for being a yes and for what you're doing in the world.
0: Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to tell my story to all the other powerful ladies out there.
1: All the links to connect with Kelly and Refillery LA are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe and rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. Um, that matters so much to us to get your feedback. And it also helps us to attract more listeners like you. Come join us on Instagram at powerfulladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and a phenomenal guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.